Hello, welcome to the Multitask. I'm John Moore. It's your boy Fadi. What's going on, guys? So last week or last Tuesday started with some must see TV. Uh, January 6th hearings. Uh, did they live up to your expectations? Yeah, I thought they came out the gate really heavy. It's like the, um, obviously I'm in the film industry. It's like those, one of those um, pilots that you're just like, all right, they definitely intended to make the pilot as big as possible. It felt like that to me. It felt like they came out with big guns. Obviously, like, it's also a little political in the sense of, you start off with the four cops who, and the Republicans are always the one who are law and order and blue lives matter and everything. And here you are saying, Hey, none of you guys support this. We're going to open with four cops, all four, by the way, especially the bookends. I believe they bookended it perfectly. All four, by the way, are, are incredibly good at, at speaking, incredibly good at getting their point across and very emotional. And then you have, um, Kinzinger and Cheney, who are being emotional as well, and Kinzinger, who's a, a, a vet who understands the idea of what it takes to be a, a soldier and, and to fight, and um, that's just it was fascinating to me. I was um, I, I watched it live, and I remember you were a little busy, and so I was sending you stuff. But when Kinzinger started crying, I was like, oh, they got this in the bag. Like this is the type of stuff that I wanted to see. I don't think he was doing it for political theater, but. I think it's definitely going to be used in that way, in a good way, in my opinion. Right. Well, and you know what was fascinating? You talk about all four is I was only familiar. I'm not sure if you were. I was only familiar with Fanon and Dunn, the last two to go. I wasn't familiar with the first two, and they were just as effective. And the second guy to go, um, God, I forget his name, but he, the thing that uh, was interesting about him is he was a guy that we all saw and never really knew anything about. That was the guy who was being crushed in the door. But, um, yeah, I, I it was weird because – um, I was literally in physical therapy for my calf. You know, I'm training for a marathon, and I've injured myself. And, so I, and it was funny because I wanted to put my ear pods in so bad to listen, but I, I waited till I got it. But, yeah, it was, it was a very good first day. It was strong. I mean, it would have been great. It had it been like we talked about last week, had it been put into prime time. But we couldn't ask for more. And it goes back. Another point that we made last week, too, was the fact that We've got these folks who really want fireworks. And fireworks are good. That viral clip is good. That screaming and that yelling. But Adam Kinzinger is, is, is serving you know, is serving that up. And just, you know, with Dunn, you know, you know, definitely using the language that he heard that day and having it go right through. Um, it, it it tells you um, that it's it's gonna be a very fascinating uh, hearing, I thought one of the uh, strongest moves that Benny Thompson made, and I'm not sure if you heard about this, where he actually said, they're not sending letters, they're just sending subpoenas. They're not doing, they're not, they're not letting people voluntarily come in. Uh, they learned, they and, learned and, their and, lesson and, from the impeachment, yeah. Yeah, they said, and then on top of it too, is the fact that the, you know, Department of Justice is so far, I mean, we don't, I still don't know how it's going to be when they get really to the inner circle of the, of, of the White House. But right now, the Justice Department has made has kind of made it clear that they're not really going to try to make arguments. Remember that when they make these arguments, they're trying to make them more on a general principle, on a legal principle stage, less about you know really what what they believe or what they what type of behavior they're defending. They're looking more to preserve rights and protect the office itself. But they seem like they're going to be playing the game. But the the other thing is what we talked about, and I, I tweeted about it is the fact that. 
Kevin McCarthy did this to himself. Adam Kinzinger crying is is crying and they're crying and, and making that bad moment for the Republicans strictly because McCarthy took his ball and went home. He pulled the three remaining appointees to that committee that Nancy Pelosi approved, and those people would have done his bidding. Those people would have been there for him. They would have done they would have defended Trump, they would have defended Republicans. They would have made asses of themselves, and that's what that's what McCarthy sort of needs, and he's got no defense right now. Yeah, his only defense is really deflection, and he was asked after, and he said he didn't watch any of it. I know he's lying, because I know he definitely watched all of it, but yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. He definitely, we saw this coming. You predicted it weeks ago, the pattern of what he was going to do. He was going to first request so much, then he, he was given everything that he asked for, then he's like, you know what, this is this is just partisan. I'm going to walk away. Then he, he said that she's going to veto everybody. We saw all this coming. And so the fact that we're just able to continue and, and, and sometimes you might know the play is going to work, but you might not execute it perfectly, but everybody kind of stayed in their lane and Nancy pulled it off perfectly. I do agree with the, with the, with what you're saying about the cops um, ending with Dunn, And I forget the first guy's name. I apologize, but he, I thought he was done was good because of the racial aspect and the language he used that he didn't shy away from, obviously, which was very effective. But the first guy was saying they were like, he was an army vet and he was like, this was worse than anything I've experienced in Iraq. And then he said he was sprayed with chemical agents. He couldn't go home and hug his wife. Like stuff like that is going to stick with people, whether it sticks with Republicans or not deep down, they know. I, I wholeheartedly believe that there's, there's a faction of the Republican Party that's the QAnon and who don't believe anything, who don't, uh, it's all fake news, everything's fake news, but I think the majority of Republicans understand what happened that day and they understand the role that Trump had and McCarthy had and Cruz and all these people had. And they're just going to sit in the back and still vote for people, but they're not going to be public about it. But I thought it was very effective for the whole country. Uh, I do. I will say the one criticism I have of the whole process, this has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats, but... I wish there was like a schedule that I could look up. I want to see what's coming up, what days I have to pay attention to. I wanted like the Olympics where I could go to a website and be like, this is what's coming Wednesday. This is what's coming on the next episode. You know, I want something like that. And I, I just don't know when I'm supposed to be watching now is my only kind of criticism. Yeah. Well, um, I, th I think the one, the one challenge that um, the Republicans are going to really truly have is the fact that Now, they're they're in a weird weird position. Evidently, and I'm not sure if this is true, but evidently Pelosi is going to kind of give them space to maybe still appoint people. I'd heard that. I think it'd be idiotic for her to allow it. I think she should say it's closed. Um, but I've heard that there that 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 there's some chance that McCarthy can place folks. But I think what's going to even be worse is if McCarthy places folks. Um, that like a Rodney Davis or someone he deems to be acceptable, that Pelosi deems to be acceptable, which I'd love to know if if Rodney Davis and the, the other three that Nancy approved, if she now will disapprove them because of what they said when, you know, Nancy kicked the other two out, right? But that being said, whoever, if McCarthy were to approve more people, can they really wild out now, right? A tone has been set. And if the tone has been set and these all of a sudden now uh, new appointees come in from McCarthy and they come in and wild out, uh, 
I think that's going to be just even worse for the Republicans. Now, I mean, what, what do you think? If Don't you think that it'd be different if they were there from day one? But since now there's been a tone set, isn't it kind of hard, even if McCarthy were to appoint some disruptors, wouldn't it be hard for them to disrupt, given the tone that they've set? Uh, I think so. But also, there's also another angle that I would say is this idea that um, sometimes when you disrupt things, it could backfire in a big way. Like if any of those people try to disrupt any of those four cops, there was they were not winning that. Right. Because the cops are smart. They know what they're talking about. They were there. They experienced it. So uh, the quote unquote disruptors might have went in and tried to kick a hornet's nest, as the saying go. But that could always backfire on you. So I do agree with you that the tone has been set and, and it, and there's majority Democrats, right? Kinzinger is going to push back on that. Cheney's going to push back on that. So the fact that the tone is set is good, but I also think like when hopefully Mark Meadows and Ivanka and all these people start testifying is my hope. Um, what are you going to do? Have Republicans answer softball questions for you? Like, it's just not going to, I don't think it's going to be as effective as they probably hope. They're just hoping to kind of disrupt it enough to, 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 control the narrative, but I don't think that's going to happen if some of these big profile names start uh, testifying. Yeah, it's and, and to your point about the schedule, it's it's kind of wait and see. I, I'm told that there may even be one or two hearings during the recess, which will be fascinating. Um, I do think I am still, I'm still hopeful for the primetime. I mean, the only thing that could have made last week better would have been if that happened in the primetime. Uh, I noticed that NBC, no, not NBC, ABC carried it on their broadcast. I didn't see it on CBS. I didn't see it on Fox. I didn't see it on locally Channel 9. Um, NBC had a decision. The reason why they didn't do it was most likely they were showing the Olympics, right? That's I think that's what I was watching. But, um, you know, it's it's going to be important. And what, what I'll be very fascinating is if there's a piece of what type of work they're going to come out with when it's done right you know when it's over what's their product what are they going to turn what are they going to turn in and we need to probably learn more about that but you know it, it was a very interesting week a very good week um one of the things that uh also happened on the hill this week was the fact that the senate uh got to where they have a working plan on infrastructure um i'm still a little anxious myself i don't know about you i feel good I like what I'm hearing, but there's still tons of monkey wrenches. You know, the, the, the bag of monkey, monkey wrenches is not empty. So uh, what was your reaction when you heard about how uh, how confident people are right now that both the, um, the smaller package, which will be bipartisan, that's led by the Senate, and the larger $3.5 trillion package that would be passed through reconciliation, both are looking really strong this week. What was your reaction when you, when you heard that news? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, um, like you said, you're just kind of like waiting. It's like the, 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 the kicker kicks the field goal and you're just kind of waiting to see it go in. Um, I'm still hesitant to kind of, uh, uh, spike the ball and say we, we did it, but it looks promising. That's always good. It also didn't look great for cinema who, I don't know if you saw this. She threatened, she told Schumer that no matter what vote you put, I'm going on vacation. And then everybody was like, Oh, so your vacation is more important than, yeah. So it's like, I don't know what her angle is. I don't know. I don't mean to turn this about her, but I don't know what her angle is, but I have a feeling she doesn't want to win re-election. Remember her seat's not up, right? It's Kelly's seat who's up here in 2022. So I have a feeling that she's going to 
run the run the ball for six years and then go get a nice little um corporate uh, uh board seat and kind of make her riches because it doesn't seem like she wants to do anything to get reelected. so that's the only thing I was kind of uh, interested in. I, I am just hopefully this passes and then we can spike the ball later on. Well, I want to get back to the infrastructure piece, but I do want to say something about cinema. And this is strictly a hypothesis. This is one of those oh, light bulbs that popped in my head. And you mentioned that Mark Kelly is up for re-election, the other senator from Arizona. Part of me wonders, is she, is it a good cop, bad cop thing right now? Where is she potentially, I don't know enough about Kelly, but if she, I don't know how one senator from a state impacts another senator from a state, but I wonder if there's some level of her not being, you know, by by being kind of a little bit more of a breaks, it gives Kelly more space, one, to um, go to the left be supportive maybe because and 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 possibly because people in Arizona might feel that she is the balance right if she were if she and Kelly were in the same lane might they be too might that be too far left for Arizona is what I'm saying I don't know that's strictly a hypothesis but I'm I I begin to wonder if there's some type if this if she's just wilding out or if there's some strategy behind what she's doing, because I do think it's strange. You know, she was, as, as, a, as a congressperson um, uh, and others, you know, she started out very liberal, very progressive. Mm-hmm. And she's gone very far, you know, to more of a moderate. And I'd be fascinated to know if that's just, a, you know, a, a bait and switch. Or if that is something that is kind of a, more of a strategic play, I also and I still think though, as and don't forget she's you know bisexual and people will make all sorts of judgments about her that may be true or untrue, fair or unfair. But I would be surprised if a straight white male who's also an astronaut is given a lot more space to be very liberal, whereas a female bisexual who used to be you know very far left. Uh, she might not have as much space. I, I don't know if, again, these are these are things that I, conversations I've had with myself and some others, but myself mainly, in trying to figure out what her play is. I mean, does, does any of that make any sense? Yeah, I never looked at the angle before. Uh, it could be an angle, like you said. It, I know you said that maybe she, she is going a little moderate, so Callie could go a little bit left. But it could also be like, She's saying, let me make sure Kelly gets reelected by wilding it out. There may be people will be like, I got to show up and make sure Kelly gets a seat. But the problem with all of that is it's not guaranteed, right? It's all kind of the the electorate is going to be so different in six years that it's really hard to make those trends that far down the line. It also goes back to what I was saying about Manchin, this idea that what are you there for specifically? Are you there? Are you elected to do what you think is best? Are you elected to do what your constituents think is best? Or are you elected to do what your party thinks is best, right? It's all kind of three, right? So I would assume that the Arizona, her the people that voted for her specifically want her to go left is my assumption. So does she do that and get reelected? Or is she doing what she thinks is best? You know, um, that's the struggle here. 
my guess is I think she's just going to get a nice little board seat at the end of this and not get reelected is my guess, right? I could only assume minus, right? Minus the voter suppression and all the gerrymandering and stuff that's going to happen over the next six years. Minus that, I could only assume that Arizona is going to get more blue as far as the people. Whether that leads to the polls or not is a different question, but I could only assume that Arizona will continue to get more blue. So it's just an interesting dynamic. Well, the last piece, though, too, is maybe she needs to run to the she might run a little bit more to the left once she gets closer to re-election. And she's now getting up like her bona fides where she's she's going to make some strong allies on the right or what have you. I mean, it, I, I just I just wonder if it's, as we're sitting there scratching her head and just getting really pissed off at her, I'm wondering if there's a little bit more thoughtfulness and strategy on her end than we, than we accept. I'm not saying that there is. She can be completely off base. I'm just wondering. That's you know. I'm just wondering. But um, you know, getting back to the piece, getting back to the infrastructure bill, uh, you know, the Senate is going to be in for one more week. I'd love to see what they have. You know, by the time they finish it up, you know, realistically, as we've said before, and you know, Senator kind of poo pooed the 3.5 trillion, but re- understand <laughs> that they will not. The House has already said. Pelosi's already said. I am not even going to call the bipartisan bill for a vote or do any work on the bipartisan bill unless the three the 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 the, the reconciliation bill makes it out of Senate. So you can play all the games you want, but realistically, unless you go ahead and you know bring it in and 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 pull it out, you know, pass send me both bills. You know, we'll see if she play if she still continues with that. Um, and you know, I do think it's you know it's 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 a it's a jobs bill as much as if it's structure, it's going to be a jobs bill. So I'm I'm excited about it. I will tell you that when you think about the state of roads and bridges and the number of jobs that will be created by any of these efforts, I bet you that even if these packages aren't as, <clears throat> as large as we want them to be, I think that they will still be good. I mean, it's it's almost like the Affordable Care Act, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. The Affordable Care Act was some good-ass legislation. It didn't go far enough. It didn't do a lot, but it moved the ball so much. And I think, I think, that, I think we have to be mindful with this with infrastructure. I think a lot of times, especially in this day and age of social media, we sit here and we prognosticate and we say they should do this and they should do that. And 95% of the we, 95% of the we are people who don't have any kind of expertise or credentials needed to, to really chime in on what's really needed. So I don't know. I mean, I I still am optimistic. I'm I'm very optimistic. So, uh, but one one last piece on that, and it's gonna we'll segue into Trump on that. But you heard that Trump? Did you see the article that said Trump doesn't want it passed because he's upset that during his administration, Infrastructure <laughs> Week became a joke, and Biden's actually gonna get Infrastructure Week, and that is what's killing him. It's not. It's not. There's anything wrong in the bill or what have you. It's just that he doesn't want Biden to pass infrastructure because he got made so much fun of infrastructure. How funny is that? I love that. I absolutely know that it gets to him so bad. I absolutely know that for a fact. Uh, I remember when he was boarding when he <laughs> when he was boarding Air Force One to go to Mar a Lago on the January twentieth. People were yelling, is it infrastructure week? <laughs> it was the greatest time in the world. It was that last kind of week was just the best. Yeah, I totally um I totally know it bothers him. And the fact that um 
Biden is close to passing it within, right? Within kind of this first kind of six months of his presidency. It's pretty, pretty impressive. On top of the COVID relief, on top of all the other bills they just passed, um, it's pretty impressive. Like I asked you last week, there's Trump passed not a single piece of significant legislation. And the fact that Biden's getting these out in this first year is very impressive. So I know it eats Trump up. I just know it. You know, and, you know, it's it's speaking of Trump, um, some the New York Times grabbed some. Well, it wasn't really New York Times. It was actually the committee, the oversight committee, handwritten notes from was it the assistant or associate attorney general? Um, and Trump was just, she was trying hard. I mean, I, I think the man needs to be, there's a lot that he needs to go to jail for. This seems like something that's kind of major. Uh, I, just, the. I'm, I'm at, I'm at a loss for words. So you take over. What, what, what was your reaction when you, when you heard about the the calls? I'm not at a loss for words. Here's where I stand on this. This is, and I told you this in tweets, this is the single greatest political story, I think, in presidential history. I truly believe that. Um, The fact that you had a president here, and maybe I don't know much about history. I know Andrew Jackson was a little shysty and tried to pull some things off back in the day. But um, Trump asked the DOJ to basically, he attempted a coup in the Oval Office. On the Resolute desk, he basically said, I'm going to take this over and leave it to me and my Republican congressman, and I'm going to just run with it. And here's the thing, right? Bill Barr looked. It's not that they didn't look. Bill Barr completely looked. And people give Bill Barr credit for coming out and saying there's not a single piece of fraud that happened in this election. Remember, this is Trump's DOJ who said this is the most secure election in the history of elections. But they looked. And if Barr found anything, if Barr found anything, that they were going to run with it. That's how close we were. Um, and this should be a bigger story. And I told you yesterday it was going to disappear by today. It's probably it's mostly gone by today with all the other stuff that's happening. But this is impeachable. This is, I think you should be in jail. And I just don't know what's going to come of it. Maybe nothing. But um, this also ties into January 6th, in my opinion. Like, this is all stuff that we should be talking about during this commission. So I just hope that... I'm worried, John. I'm actually generally worried that this leads to nothing. Like the fact that he pulled it off, the next Republican guy who might not be so stupid, who might not be so lazy, um, could actually pull it off. You know, so it's it's kind of scary. I I really do think that he will actually. He's going to face some time. He's going to face some charges for something. What I don't know. I think it should be this. Uh, I'll be very fascinated. You know that technically, if you think about who released the letters, they were released, the handwritten notes are released by the oversight committee. So now is there, is there going to be some action in front of oversight and what can they do? Um, will, it be, will it be a hybrid between the, Jan- I mean, I'd personally like to see it in front of the January 6th commission as opposed to oversight, but it could go either way. Um, I, I want business to get done. That's why I'm so happy that we do have the infrastructure bill. We have to get the John Lewis voting rights bill. We have to do some other things that need to happen. But I'm all for the trials, too. You know, think about mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, what is it? Most people think you don't really have, you have a year, two years. I mean, I would say a good portion of the next six months or not, they won't be dominated by hearings, but they'll be enough. They'll be regular enough, you know. I. I, I think that this definitely needs the American public needs to hear this. They need to see this. 
uh, he needs to be held accountable. It's frustrating. And it's just frustrating watching him get away with stuff. And he's not even really getting away with stuff as much because it's failing, but he's not being held accountable for stuff, right? And there, 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 there's a lot of people locked up in jail right now for, for, for failing as crooks, you know, for, you know, some, 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 some were successful, but, you know, a lot of guys in prison are there because they failed as crooks. You don't, the, the penalty for failure is not necessarily less than succeeding. It's the intent. So, you know, I, yeah. I can't wait to see what else comes out. Attempt, attempted robbery and attempted murder are still a, still a crime, right? Even though it wasn't still successful. Still, yeah, still you, still go, you still got to go. You still got to do a, a bid up, uh, until November for sure. Um, I want to tie this into the Mark Meadows thing, just for people who this happened today, but on Saturday. But um, Mark Meadows basically was on TV uh, acting as the sh- Maggie Haberman used the word, so I'm going to run with it. He's basically acting like the shadow chief of staff, that there's a shadow presidency who's meeting at Bedminster with the shadow cabinet. Um, here's my take on this entire thing, John. You know more than me, and maybe in your Rolodex, there's a lawyer that you could bring on the show that we could ask these questions. How How is this not a crime? And the And the reason I say that is because if I go on Twitter right now and tweet at POTUS, at Biden46, whatever the handle is, if I tweet something like, count your days, old man, there will be FBI in my house in two hours. And you know that for a fact, right? FBI shows up at doors definitely over the last five years, more so than usual. But um, FBI shows at doors for tweets all the time. Here is a president who not only is saying he's going to be reinstated by August, who's having cabinet meetings who has a chief of staff, who has Rudy and Mike Lindell and all these people on his behalf saying he's going to get reinstated. Now, you might think this is all just him trying to fundraise him. You could argue that it's campaigning for the presidency. You could do all that. But here's the difference. Trump actually sent people to the Capitol on January 6th. He's already asked his people to be violent. He told them to go get Mike Pence. While they were chancing hang Mike Pence, he was tweeting, and I quote, this is what you get when you don't blah, 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 blah. So can I ask you a question? How is how is the DOJ, how is the FBI not being like, this? I could take this as a threat to Biden and the presidency. I, that's how I take it. So what's the difference? Well, I will tell you, there's a little bit of difference, and it's, it's, it's because of the heat. I think that if you and I were to say something objectionable that would end up with the FBI at our door, you and I are not on the FBI's radar, and so they've got to learn us and learn what we're saying and everything else. <laughs> um, Trump's on their radar. He's, they they don't have one. to. They they don't have to investigate anything. They they got a book. They got a file. And when 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 it's when the right time to pull the trigger pops up, I think they'll they'll act. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? If you and I were to do something. You and I, hopefully, I mean, we may be wrong, but you and I, hopefully, are not on their radar, right? We're, and we're, so, not, in, we're not in the cards, right? We don't have a face right, on right. the cards. Yeah, right. Gotcha. So, so they're like, oh, like, oh man, we got to go check these brothers out, see what the, see what the, you know, and they got to start their work. I think with Trump and his cronies, they're like, okay, that's page seventy-five. You know, what I mean, it, it, it's it's it's. I think that's I think that's the key. Um, I do think that there's a lot of danger in what they're doing. But I think that 
remember, even going back to what you and I were just saying with the FBI showing up at our door, the FBI could show up at our door and they might, they could charge us or they could not charge us. They might just watch us. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what's happening with, I think that's what's kind of happening with, with, with Trump. Um, I just, what, what is, what's our next date? August 12th is, is, is the next time something's supposed to happen. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, Mark Meadows is, 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 is Mr. Bizarro, but I could have told you that. I mean, don't forget, he's a birther. He's one of the birthers. He was back in yeah. the Tea Party days. He was, he was a huge birther, but you know, the heat's still on Trump. You know, right now the DOJ's decided and it has told the, um, the Department of Revenue that they have to share Trump's tax returns. The only problem that I have is evidently the Ways and Means Committee, which is a committee that would get it, is already kind of not cut a deal, but has a working understanding where they're not going to get them immediately, and they've agreed not to get them immediately because they have to. They, they know that Trump's going to probably file another case and try to stall it i don't understand what the there's evidently there's got to be some reason for um them allow you know them not necessarily turning it over immediately and trying to work with the lawyers i don't know if it's something that judges look for like there's some type of good faith you know effort to work a deal like even if even if you're entitled by something i think the judges want to see it being voluntary as opposed to compelled. I'm not sure. Does that sound like anything you've heard? I just don't understand why they're willing to still give Trump time to, you know, file an action or an injunction. Uh, I don't understand that, that thinking. I don't understand it because I thought this was the, this was that, but Trump filed to stop it. And this was the decision on that. That's why I'm confused. Cause I thought this was like, no, no, no. Forget all that stuff. You guys have to send it right now. So that's why I'm a little confused. I'm sure there's red tape and I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's, they're in a couple boxes, right? I don't think they can attach them in a PDF, but um, I just don't know how it's going to work. I don't think he's in any legal right. He's already lost this is I guess is my point. And I also read, I think it was Maggie Hebrew. I don't want to keep bringing her up, but she's obviously has uh, stories, but um. I guess they were saying that he wanted to get the IRS guy appointed before Bill Barr because he knew as well. So, um, like I said, it's only a matter of time. We all know this is coming. The dossier, all that stuff is coming. Just a matter of when. Just a matter of he, before he runs in 2024. And I also think that um, the other thing, and I know I was hoping for July, but I think the other thing we have to be uh, prepared for is that I'm hoping that we see something going on with Matt Gates. I mean, that's he ridiculous. He, 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 and Margie Taylor Green and Ball Gosar and whomever they actually <laughs> they were like students on a college tour. They actually went to the jail in D.C. to check out the conditions and got turned around. They got they, they're grandstanding. Um, you know, it's the Republicans are just out of the box right now. You know, earlier just before we started recording, we heard about uh, Kevin McCarthy. Not only He's saying that he's going to become speaker again, but when he gets the gavel, saying that he really wishes he could hit her with it, dude, are you serious? Or as as my as as the kids say, are you for serious? I mean, what what is going on with these guys? Are just crazy. It's it's and you saw Madison Cawthorn has had a hell of a week. He got he got popped for carrying a gun on a plane. Well, that was back in February. 
but I think he should lose his license. And then did you see the latest on Thursday where he actually got into it with another Republican, and that Republican staff has filed uh, has filed an ethics complaint against them. But it was funny because they said that the, he and the Republican were yelling at each other so hard on the on the House floor of Thursday night that they thought they were about to throw hands. I mean, what's going on with this Republican caucus? There's a bunch of whack jobs. Well, I would I would urge him to if he if he wanted to throw hands that that trees trees unlike trees people hit back so I would uh, be careful I would tread lightly as Walter Wright would say um, yeah look this is what the Republican Party is about it's a culture war everything is trying to just make a big deal out of everything nothing that's what you see uh, Margie and Gates the world tour them going around on their little uh, tour bus but um, I here's the thing John and this is where. I think we differ, and this is where maybe our generation cross paths here, where we show our difference in age. These are all crimes. Matt Gates should be in jail. McCarthy should be looked at for threatening the Speaker of the House. If this was on the other foot, and I know you say this all the time, Democrats aren't Republicans. Democratic vote, Democratic voters aren't Republican voters. If this was on the other end. Not only would, if this was a Democrat president, would definitely be subpoenaed for the January 6th commission. Uh, the, the Democratic version of, of Kevin McCarthy would definitely be looked at for the FBI. Uh, the Democratic version of Matt Gates would be in jail. Like, I, it's just so frustrating that we can't even do this, the things that we know they would do to us. Right. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example and, I, and I'll, I'll keep it, I'll be kind of vague. But, you know, I'm, I'm now, because of circumstances beyond my control. I'm now closely aligned with a very powerful organization within the state, and it's a Democratic organization, and we had an opportunity to take a shot at our, our, our opponents. And we saw some easy layups, but every time we went with the easy layup on what the messaging would be, we interrogated ourselves as to, does this have standing? Would this work? We know what they would say about us. Can we say that's about them, even though they would say this about us? And we ultimately did a little bit more because that because that's how Democrats are, that's how that's how Democrats are, and I think it's one of those things where, you know the situ you know the saying in sports play the game the right way right yeah um, I don't want to play the game the right way to the point that we we don't get any victories, but I do think there's still a lot to be said about playing the game the right way, right um especially because it really truly impacts the country, but it's tough, you know, to your point about they would definitely have all of these folks hauled in front of them. But, um, I mean, to this day, we still talk about how Hillary was a badass when they brought her into the Benghazi hearing and she sat there for, what, 11 hours, right, or 13 hours, however long she was there. Um, I, I just wonder, you know, even like even where we see that we're justified with power moves, where we're talking about maybe overturning the filibuster or what have you, um, the reality is is that we, I think what will may happen is that we probably won't get rid of it, but we may, I can see what's going to where they talk them into, you actually have to do a talking filibuster where you actually have to you have some skin in the game. But, you know, I, I just, and you know what's funny though? This is what's funny. And I think the other problem is with Democrats. It's not a Democratic problem. It's a, it's a media problem. Do you realize that when you look in the Senate and when you look at how they held Merrick Garland uh, hostage for however long, 
Not once, not once did a member of the media, any pundit say to McConnell, well, you know, if you do this to them, they'll do it to you when they're back in power. But every time the Democrats tried to do a power move or to do some type of, um, you know, kind of nuclear option, that's the first thing the press says. Well, you know, when McConnell will be back in power, he'll do it to you. But, I mean, maybe I may be wrong, but have you ever heard them say that when, when McConnell was wilding out, when McConnell was doing all of his other stuff? Did you ever once hear them say, well... If you do it to if, if if McConnell does it to the Democrats when they're in power, they'll do it. Did you ever hear that hear that threat? And I'm not talking about mm-hmm. from Republicans. I'm talking about from yeah. the media. Yeah, no, not from the media. It's usually from Republicans. Yeah, but let me run with what you, your analogy about the play the game the right way. We're on the field trying to play the game the right way. The Republicans are in the locker room setting it on fire. Like they're not even on the field. They're not playing the game at all. They're just playing their own game. And they rather burn it all down in, instead of playing the game, you know. And here's the other thing I would want to say is, like your example of I could have we could have took shots, but we wanted to play it the right way. But there's also like these are crimes though. This isn't like political theater. This isn't like a bad track record where you want to run a political ad against. Like you have to hold these people accountable, or else what's going to happen the next time? Like the next version of Trump is going to be a young, suave not lazy, smart dude who's able to kind of pull it off. So in that way, like you, like I've always asked you, because he got so far, did it did our country work or did it not work because he got so far? And you always said it's it worked, right? He tried it and we stopped it, but it might not be the case next time. So you have to hold all these people accountable or else it's a it's a circus. Like well, I understand playing the game the right way, but there's a reason there's referees and there's a reason there's rules because we unless we follow them, then there is no game. And Republicans are not playing a game right now; they're setting it on fire. Yeah, and you know, speaking of playing the game the right way, we're playing some hardball in in the house, and one of the ways we're playing hardball, and this may sound this may sound petty, it may not sound that significant, but it's usually significant. Is Pelosi has gone ahead and put forth rules in which people now have to wear masks and get on the floor. And Lauren Boebert uh, decided to, to throw a mask. And uh, I would not be surprised if there's not some sanctions thrown her way for throwing the mask. And I think you have to do that. You have to do it. But um, to show you how messed up, and I don't know which the Republican was, I saw a report, and I have to find it, and we'll maybe post it this week. There's a Republican who went ahead and he decided to make sure that his entire salary is withheld in the, from a withholding standpoint so that Pelosi can't take it. He makes a dollar a year or a dollar a year as a member of Congress. <laughs> I have to look. So what he's doing is he's using basically an accounting trick because and, and, and the guy is blatantly going ahead and abusing the things. But but that goes back to the Republicans like, OK, he's like, fine, what I'll do is, you know. I just won't take any money, and then I'll get, gather it all back in my taxes from the IRS. I mean, it's it's these folks are just they're wild. Yeah, not, that's why I back to what I said. I think we have to hold them all accountable, and they can't get away with it. Like we used to be able to rely on voters, and the voters now are so partisan that no, no matter. I actually believe when Trump said it, he believed it, and I know he was right when he could say he could walk down. Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, the Republican voters will still go for him and they will. And so that's why that's why you have to start holding these people accountable. And that's my biggest worry here is that uh, we don't. But um, 
we'll see. Here, here it is. I, I found it, and it's the it's actually the uh, it's the jerk who said that everyone was um, a tourist. Uh, it says, and this is from CNN. Representative Andrew Klein, the Georgia Republican who compared scenes from January 6th to a tourist visit, has found a way to evade the house mask and metal detector fines, according to one of his GOP colleagues. Uh, Rep. Massey, blah, 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 who is suing Speaker Pelosi over the uh, chamber's mask um, penalty, said uh, Klein, Clyde changed his tax withholding in a way that makes it nearly impossible for the House to collect the do- thousands of, of dollars in fines Clyde has already racked up for evading the House's metal detector he also faced fines for, for using the mask up on the floor house on the house floor this week. Normally, fines are taken out of members' congressional salary, but Massey says Klein, who owns a firearms business, went to payroll and had its federal withholdings raised to eleven thousand uh, twelve hundred eleven thousand two hundred eighty-four a month, so he only gets one dollar of pay. The maneuver is designed to prevent the house from garnishing his wages. Can't did she find him just outright? I I'd like to see. I, I I'm sure, I'm sure she's got some good lawyers who will say, okay, you know, you could do that. We're just gonna. I'm sure that there'll be something that happens, and I, I. But that's but, but it goes just to show they also believe that the rules do not apply to them. They For do sure. not believe the rule. The rules apply to the you know the poor folks. So it's it's sure, it's. It's crazy, but you know, one of the things that and, and we were talking about was the fact that they have the mask mandate. Um, I was good. I would say COVID is back, but you and I both know COVID never left. But uh, what do you think of this last week's realization, not just in the house, but nationwide, that you know Chicago's gonna you know start encouraging people to wear masks indoors again and everything? What what do you think about this new awareness? Didn't you and I kind of predict this, or or not? Yeah, we totally uh, disagreed with the CDC said you don't have to wear masks anymore for unvaccinated people, for vaccinated people, I'm sorry. Um, we totally disagreed. We knew it was temporary. We all felt it was temporary. The difference now is it's hard to go back, right? There's people who just found that freedom. There was a certain set of people who probably like you and me who still didn't take their mask off in their different situations depending on what they were in. But it's hard to go back now. There is a uh, hundred thousand people in, in, in Lala right now in Chicago. And that's just a mistake. I'm sorry to anybody, but it's just, we're, we're making mistakes just because you get on the offense. just because you're doing good. doesn't mean that it's normal, right? You should just keep the pressure on. We, even though Chicago is, 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 is heavily vaccinated at a higher rate than most of the country, it doesn't mean that people aren't traveling here from Lala and the Delta variant obviously is the majority variant now, Here's the thing, right? I listened to the head of Pfizer talk on Andy Slavitt's pod- podcast today. The, the the efficacy of specifically the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine against Delta is so good that we're very fortunate. Like, we're lucky to be where we are right now. The fact that none of the variants have uh, escaped uh, the efficacy of the, of the vaccines. But... All the biologists and all the people who study this will tell you there's something worse that's going to come, and that's going to evade the efficacy of the vaccine. It might, like, it's a race. It's a race between just the herd immunity of vaccinated people and people who have been exposed to COVID before versus the the uh, ever-changing involvement of the virus. So that's the race that we're in right now. 
stuff like this is not going to help. So as far as I'm concerned, we should just be masked, even when it's 0% community spread. Let's just really nip it in the bud and then really get back to normal. But um, I understand that the CDC is in a tough spot, but you got to make tough calls. Right. And well, and I think you and I talked about this is we don't want people giving in to the media pressure to the and 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 I'm mad at the media too. I'm mad at Republicans. I'm mad at the media. I'm mad, I'm mad at the people on my side who gave in to them, um, because you and I both said, "Look, you have the vaccinations. That should give people a lot more confidence." And but what you should do is still require the mask. I would I would now go. To, you know, I have no problem now being more active, getting more out, going to restaurants and wearing a mask to the restaurant, wearing a mask as I'm waiting for my table, wearing a mask. Up until the time I'm served, taking the mask off, putting the mask back on, I'm I, I would be fine with that. Um, I think, and, and this is where the business community has to be mindful. A lot of these members of the business community really want these restrictions lifted. But as someone I was talking to said today, he's like, "Dude, you can go ahead and re- and, and lift the restrictions and go into lockdown." And a second lockdown is going to hurt you a lot more in the pocketbook than a uh you know a, you know us you know taking longer to get back to normal right um taking longer to get back to normal is 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 not ideal but it's a lot more ideal than going ahead opening wide up and then going ahead and having to shut down again you're going to really be suffering a lot more than you would if you were just gone ahead and take your time and i just it just it, it just infuriates me because we're talking about life and death for a lot of people I'm also not one of those people who is, every time I see one of those um, stories about people who were anti-vax, who are now on their deathbed, I'm not one of those people who can just dismiss it and say, oh, well, tough shit. These are real people. These are real people who are misguided and, and definitely are assholes, but being an asshole doesn't mean that you are you should be, you know... Uh, condemned to death, right? Um, these are human beings. I, and I don't want to, plus, as I've said before, and I sound like a broken record, and you know this because you have an older mother and you, you went through it with your dad when he was still here. Older folks need access to hospitals. And I'd be damned if my dad, who turns 87 this week, uh, my mom, who's 82, who need medical treatment can't get a bed in the ICU if they need a bed because a bunch of assholes have gone ahead and clogged the uh, the intensive care with COVID. You know, so it's I, I it's funny because a lot of people say that they're angry. I'm angry, but I'm not angry at the people who are making us go back. I'm mad at the people who put pressure on and have been reckless and have put us in this position that we're in right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. You nailed the, the the you you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, um, that's why I said last week there is no going back. The only way to fix this is man, man vaccine man, mandates, and that's we saw that all over the board this week, right? NFL started it, Google, Facebook, uh, Disney, all these companies are doing it. This will be the future. It's also going to be the situation with the restaurants, like you said, right? All these restaurants were anti-shutdown, anti-limited capacity. Well, you know how you have a full restaurant? Masks and vaccines. And and that's the only case here. And I want to say something about those people who are in the hospital bed and all that stuff. There's 
how do I say this? The, the, the basic human need that we all have, John, is connection. We all want to feel connected as, as people to society. We want to go to Applebee's. We want to go to Disney. We want to hang out with people. We want to go to Yosemite with the kids, right? All that stuff. You want the connectivity of society, but you have to bear responsibility of what it takes to get there. What that means is vaccines, you stop at red lights, you listen to the rules that the government places on you. Now, you could be skeptical of the government. You could be skeptical of the vaccines. You could have religious reasons or health reasons why. But you're not listening to those doctors. You're listening to Fox and Tucker and Trump by the way, are, vac- are, are vaccinated, right? So I do feel bad, and I am empathetic to people who are struggling with COVID, even if they're vaccinated or not vaccinated. That's because I'm not going to walk around hoping people die. This is not me, right? But you sign a social contract when you are part of this country, when you're part of this community. If you want to be connected to people, you got to do your part. And your part right now is to get vaccinated, Um I don't want to shame people, but at the end of the day, you are stopping an entire country, an entire world on some level from getting back to normal. And, and you can't just be that selfish. And that's what it comes down to. Right. And we just, I mean, it's, we have, it's, it's embarrassing, right? Um, that we as a country, the greatest country in the, on, on the earth, and I do believe we are, um, but we have a lot of stuff that we just were we're idiots about. Um, mm-hmm. I never looked to see, but remember we talked about last week that Sydney was sh- shutting down. Sydney, Australia, was shutting yeah. down, and I guarantee you that Sydney was sh- Australia was shutting down probably with numbers significantly lower percentage wise than what we're dealing with, and sure. we just we just have to do a better job of responsibility, and I think. You know, when you look at some of the mandates that businesses are putting, because businesses understand, like, it sucked to shut down. It sucked to go ahead. And now we're going ahead and now we're having people, you know, get sick again. Let's be smart. You know, the best way to the best way to be successful in business is to have healthy customers. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and as long as we have variants running around, and to your point, too, is one of the challenges that we will have with variants also is that, we are successful so far in defeating them, but the longer the the virus is around, the more it will develop variants, and the more developed variants, the greater the chances are that you will be coming out with variants that can that that we that there's not currently a vaccine for, and that's problematic. You know, it's it's when you think about the number of people who can get infected with the Delta virus and how contagious it is, it's scary. It is really scary. So, oof. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking, but that, go ahead. You going to say something? No, I was just going to say, I was, I was talking about the, the head of Pfizer talking about the vaccines. I learned that the reason they're not running with booster shots yet is because they're actually, every every variant that comes out, the alpha, the beta, the, the delta, um, they're custom making a vaccine per variant, even though those are not the ones that people are getting. So they created a beta vaccine and then they shelved it because Delta came around. They're working on a Delta vaccine now 
And if they don't need it, they'll, they'll shelve it. So part of the reason we're not getting boosters yet is because it might be more effective to get a booster with the current variant that's going around. So we're not there yet. So it's just a lot of, a lot is coming and this isn't going away. And the only way to really get it away is to, is to get vaccinated. So changing up before we wrap up. So Simone Biles pulled out of competition uh, this week. Um, and what's interesting is obviously you got the backlash from the right, but there's a one thing that I think, and it's, I think there's a difference between her and Asaka, um, namely Asaka. They both are dealing with their own mental health. And I know that Simone had a really rough year. But Simone's challenge right now is not just like, oh, I don't feel like competing. It's the fact that she's having these twisties. She's not knowing where... She, yeah. she's she's having she is having mental blocks that are not necessarily yeah. mood situations they can be impacted by mood you know where you just are you know you're depressed you don't feel well <clears throat> no she's having something that puts her in physical danger and so one i don't care if it was just even if it was just depression she needs her space we need to do a better job of taking care of and respecting athletes and their mental health and their condition but I don't think this is just simply her not wanting to compete. I think that this is a situation where she's like, no, what's happening now is something, it's a doubting of oneself. It's not having confidence. It's it's not knowing where you are in the air. I mean, folks have got to let up on her and just, and just realize she's her life's in danger. Yeah. you. She. I don't know if you saw, she went on IG and basically explained it, what's happening, and she showed practice footage. What's actually happening is is what you said. It's a blockage. It's basically she's going in the air telling her body to do something and her body's not doing it. This isn't like uh, I broke my leg and I can't walk on it. Her her mind is saying her, – her mind is preventing her body from doing what her, she knows that her body could do. So if this was like a baseball game, it's like, okay, cool. It might not be life or death, but – these gymnasts could go very high in the air and very fast and they could really lead to to people being paralyzed or even life or death, right? So I do think we need to back off Simone. Um, let me just point out that Michael Jordan in the prime of his career, maybe the greatest athlete of all time, basically said, no thanks, and just walked away. He might say he wanted to play baseball, but he was reeling after his father's death. And he basically pulled out on the Bulls a week before training camp. So if the greatest athlete of all time could be like, no thanks, then we have to really, really um, give patience here to Simone. Not only that, you bring up Osaka, and I'm glad you did. She has a Netflix documentary on, and I don't know if you've seen it. It's a, basically a four-part series of following her basically throughout the her, her U.S. Open win. She lost in she lost the Australian Open once, and they were showing behind the scenes of her presser. She was asked a question about how she felt losing. And she said, I'm sorry to my trainer and my team who don't get to succeed because of me. They're, they put everything into me and I failed them. And I just thought, that's sad. Like, I understand that you want to win for your team, but like the fact that you can't even accept that you lost because you're worried about other people. And she went through a lot. And the pressure that are on these young athletes, especially in social media, we saw Jordan come out this week and say, I couldn't survive in this social media era. 
trust me, it's bigger than this. Isn't just a Simone Biles and Osaka problem. All these teens across America are dealing with this. So I think everybody just needs to chill. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, especially it's weird because the people that are attacking her are the same people that are in many ways, you know, who, and we talked about this. I'm not sure if we talked about this on the show, just, you know, via text or DM, but, um, these are the same people who cheered when the United States didn't get the Olympics in 2016 because Barack Obama was president and it was going to be in his hometown. We, we, yeah. we, you know, this is a whole nother discussion, but we are in a situation where we are a cruel country. Mm-hmm. And I bet you it's not just our country. I bet you it's society mm-hmm. in general. People are cruel as hell. There's yeah. a lot of beautiful people doing great things that have great hearts. But there are some major assholes in this world. And they just specialize in being assholish. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Yeah, that's that's what we deal now with the social media era. Is it's just everywhere now. No matter what you accomplish, no matter how many Oscars you win, no matter how many gold medals, no matter how many, how many rings. Look at what LeBron goes through on a daily basis, right? the most hated athlete probably in this country because he's the most successful. It's just mind boggling, but that's the story, right? They love you when you're the only dog. Once you get on top, they hate you and they want to bring you down. So I think it's all, it's always been there, but it's just so present because of social media now. Yep. So on that note, I think it's time to wind it down. So for now, this is John. And Fadi signing off. Thanks for joining us guys. Mm-hmm.